Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. G'day and welcome back to Shares for Beginners. I'm Phil Muscatello and we're still in COVID-19 mode where I'm chatting with guests about the current situation as it happens. We're recording this at 7.30am Australian Eastern Time on Wednesday, April 15 and I'm joined by stockbroker Evan McGuire who was our guest on the second episode ever of Shares for Beginners. G'day Evan. G'day Phil, how you doing? Not too bad. It was only a couple of weeks ago that markets were being heavily sold off but there's an enormous turnaround going on at the moment. It's said that we're in a bull and a bear market at the same time. How are you seeing things? It's an interesting situation because the impact of this in terms of the global economy is, in my mind, will be fairly significant. And on the other side of it, you've got central banks and also governments throwing everything at it. You, you know, it, is, it just seems to be this, this double-edged sort of, okay, well, it's, it's going to be bad, but you've also got a lot of activity by central banks, in particular the Fed and, you know, uh, even the Reserve Bank here in Australia throwing everything at it. Um, but having said that, I'm very sceptical of, of, of the current uh, rally that we've seen from the lows. So governments are th- you're saying governments are throwing everything they can at, at, at this situation. You know, we've got the JobKeeper package here in Australia and in the US, they're, um, they're even printing money, I believe, in some of these cases. How's that, how's that actually work? Well, the way, the way it works is, is that basically central banks, you know, the Fed or the Reserve Bank will buy government bonds. The whole, the whole purpose is to, to keep interest rates down and also to basically grease the economy, if you will. And when they're, when they're buying bonds, bonds are issued by governments, aren't they, to fund their debt. So aren't they actually borrowing from themselves? In a way, yes. And I mean, we, we don't want to get too technical with the, the mechanics of what they do. But again, it, it all comes down to them issuing, uh, I mean, the governments always issue, issue bonds and there's all different types of bonds that are issued. But Again, the whole purpose of doing what they're doing is to keep the economy and to keep the banking system liquid. That's what it's all about. Does this artificially inflate markets? Is this one of the reasons why markets are uh, moving so strongly at the moment? Yes and no. I think, look, when you're in a very low interest rate environments like we are and we have been for some time, and that's, you know, from what I can say, that's not going to change anytime soon, people need to put money to work. So they're more likely to invest in the stock market or perhaps property. But if we look at the stock market, you know, there's there's a couple of things where again people people need to deploy money and to be able to get a return on their money because they're not getting what they want to get or can get in say a term deposit or in a bank account. You know, and there's always, you know, if you're getting even if you're getting three percent dividend from a stock, it's a lot better than what you're gonna get in a term deposit. That's why I believe, I think people are flocking to equity markets at the moment. And we saw this towards the end of you know last year, this whole thing of FOMO, fear of missing out, where people want to be able to jump on board, get set, enjoy the upward movement of the market. 
but that can obviously change fairly quickly as we've seen in the last few weeks. But with the turnaround that we've got at the moment that we've had in the last couple of weeks, I think a lot of that's based on, look, perhaps the market was oversold, but I, you know, it could also be that, again, central banks and governments are doing everything they can to support economies. People think, well, the worst is probably over. Talk about reopening economies and all this kind of stuff. But again, I'm fairly sceptical about that at this point in time. <laughs> well, on that particular point, I'll just uh, quote to you. This is the chief economist from the IMF who came out overnight and said, this is a truly global crisis as no country is spared. This makes the Great Lockdown the worst recession since the Great Depression and far worse than the global financial crisis. Are we being lulled into a false sense of complacency here? I think so. Okay, it was a big sell-off, all right, fair enough, and obviously we've seen a bit of a, a fairly decent turnaround here, but if you ask me, could I see the market potentially retesting its lows in the, in the coming months? Um, absolutely. I just think that people need to be very careful here, and once we start getting into reporting season, you know, we'll, we'll start to really see some of the impacts of the coronavirus uh, in terms of uh, you know how it's affecting companies' profits. So uh, that's in August, isn't it, the next reporting season? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we've got this, the US is going to be coming up pretty soon and then us locally, that's correct, Yeah, around July, August. So, yeah, we've, we've, so look, again, um, I think we'll start, you know, we'll start to see data come out of the US and, you know, then we'll see what the impact's going to be on the local companies. But, you know, if we start to – so this is the thing. Once you start to see, for example – so the big banks start reporting and things aren't looking so good, then potentially you'll see a lot of these stocks get re-rated. And also, you know, if they cut dividends, then that's even more interesting because, you know, the Australian, a lot of Australian investors have been spoiled in some ways around the dividend and dividend yields they've been getting from a lot of companies, in particular the banks. If that continues, you know, it remains to be seen. But Again, I just think that I just think we're, we're the markets are, are getting ahead of themselves a little bit here, and I still think there's going to be a, a bit of volatility to come. What do you think the economic impact is going to be? What's your view on that? It's it's difficult to know. It's very it's. I mean, obviously, this is something that I haven't seen in my in my lifetime, and I don't think you have. And mm. you know, this is this is history in the making, and it's just difficult to see what. I mean, obviously, we know that at the moment, you know, around the world, we've got, you know, like in Australia, for example, we've got, you know, in the States, we've got gyms that are shut, you know, pubs are shut, restaurants are shut, they might be doing, you know, takeaway meal here and there, but that's fairly significant. And I just don't know what it's going to look like once once this is all over. You know, we've still got this uh, JobKeeper package that will start to get, I believe the payments will start to get rolled out in May. But in the meantime, people are either tapping savings or doing whatever they've got to do to, to stay alive. It's a big machine and it's just difficult right now to see um, what parts of the machine are really broken um, and what parts of the machine are okay. And this, again, this goes back to why central banks and governments are throwing everything at it. But I still, I'm still very pessimistic and I still think um, – there's going to be more bad news coming. Yeah, because, I mean, I think it's like 50% of businesses um, in a, Australia are small businesses, and they're the ones that are really copying it at the moment, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, look, my understanding of this whole thing around essential parts of the economy, so obviously, you know, chemists are still open. You can go to, you can go to buy your groceries and, 
you can still get petrol in your car and they've kept, for now, my understanding is they've kept the building and construction industry moving mm-hmm. because that's obviously a fairly big chunk of, of the economy. Retail is obviously, if you're a retailer, it, it hurts. Perhaps the online side of things is, is okay, but in terms of bricks and mortar, the big box stuff, that's just that's just getting built. And not, not, not only is it getting belted, but uh, that would have a flow-on effect to um, the property sector as well, the commercial property sector, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, that's right. And if you, you, know, if you saw um, you know, Premier Investments came out um, a couple of weeks ago saying they're not going to pay any more rent, and you know, you, you've seen the government's come out with a proposal around uh, reducing, you know, if you've, if you've had a 30% drop in rev, then uh, the landlord should be murdering you with a 30% mm. haircut on the rent. Yeah. But then, and then you start looking at, well, okay, how does that work in terms of financing or funding that's been provided by the banks? And mm-hmm. it just, it just creates this situation that in my mind is, is quite murky and difficult to, really pull apart and work out exactly what the long medium to longer term impacts are going to be. Yeah, because I think the government the government was trying to put in a place what they, what they call like a suspended animation, a hibernation period, and they will just sort of pop out of it again. But turning it on is not going to be that easy, is it? No, and, and I think the unknown right now is how long is this going to be? Because let's say hypothetically, well, the Prime Minister comes out and says, well, okay, we could start reopening things up, let's say, in two months' time, hypothetically, and go, okay. And then within a month, we get a flare-up of viruses again. Oh, okay, we've got to shut everything down. It's difficult to really get a, a good grasp on and to be able to forecast exactly what's going to happen. And again, this is why central banks and governments pretty much globally are doing everything they can to keep this thing moving because – if you can't have a system where people have got some basic money or some kind of safety net, if you will, then you start talking about, well, if people don't have any money, then you start talking about civil unrest and all this kind of stuff. And I think this is the thing that a lot of people don't want to see happen. What's your thoughts on um, iron ore? It was iron ore that basically got us through the global financial crisis pretty much um, untouched. Demand is still strong for iron ore and uh, BHP and uh, Rio and all of those companies, they're running full steam ahead at the moment. Do you think that's going to have some sort of cushioning effect? It won't be the same as what we went through in terms of the GFC. See, the reason, one of the reasons why Australia got through the GFC, in my opinion, was more luck than anything else. China, at that point in time, was doing a huge amount of infrastructure work, but there does seem to be demand at the moment, but I don't believe we're going to see the same kind of demand because a lot of the stuff's been built. They're trying to change the way that their economy works. It becomes more of a internally based Yeah, consumer economy, economy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah consumer economy, right? Mm. So the other thing that could happen too is, is where, for example, President Trump comes out and says, we're going to do $2 trillion worth of infrastructure. That could be very supportive of iron ore. You've seen... A little announcements like this from the South Australia government came out with something a few weeks ago. I mean, in New South Wales and Victoria, there's been a lot of infrastructure work over the past few years. Um, I don't know how much more they can do. I'm very sceptical. I'm sceptical about the demand for iron ore. I just don't think it's going to be the same as what it was during the GFC. I don't think we're going to see that. However, 
as I said before, there could very well be some kind of fiscal programs that governments come out with saying we're going to do a, a half a trillion dollars worth of infrastructure here and there and wherever else, and that helps prop things up. You, you chat with a lot of other brokers and people in the industry. Are you having any interesting conversations at the moment? What's the word on the street? I don't know. I think a, a, a lot of people at the moment are happy that there has been a bit of a turnaround. But again, I just sense perhaps a bit of apprehension and maybe a little bit of surprise as to how quickly this thing's come off and then turn around. The volatility, I think, is is a bit of a talking point. But I think also, again, probably a bit of scepticism and trying to work out, are we, are we, are we through this thing or are we going to see a retest of the lows? I'm more of a believer that we're, we're going to see more volatility and I wouldn't be surprised if we come off again. But it's just it's too early to tell what the what the damage is going to be, and if if the efforts that we've seen thus far will be enough, or if more needs to be done, it's just difficult to tell. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Okay, well, let's uh, go on to some listener questions. Um, I'm just going to simplify them a little bit because um, people are asking a lot of a lot of things. And um, before we do that, actually, I just wanted to point out that um, I've started up a chat group on the Shares for Beginners Facebook page, and your broking firm, MFAM, has also got a chat room as well on Facebook, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, MF and Co Asset Management, we've got a, a chat group there. Yeah, it's a very active chat group. And so a lot of these questions can be uh, directed uh, to, to that room or to the Shares for Beginners room and we'll um, deal with them. But I've got some questions here from Luke from Melbourne who, and I wanted to thank him very much for all these kind words that he said about the podcast. I think he's listened to every episode twice now. And um, well, first of all, he was asking about record keeping and is there anything else apart from ShareSite? Now, personally, I used for a long time a software package called Microsoft Money. Um, which is a free software that um, used to be provided as part of Microsoft Office. It hasn't been supported by Microsoft since about the late 2000s, but it's still available and it still works and gives you some basic account keeping for share trading. However, I would say that ShareSite has got many more features, including benchmarking and a whole bunch of tools that you can use for tracking and making sure that you're making correct investing decisions. And I'll just have a little plug for the uh, affiliate marketing program that I'm running with that. And if you go to sharesite.com forward slash shares for beginners, you can get two months free on a premium subscription. And then he also asked about dividends, about how they get paid. Um, do they go into a link bank account? And how can you reinvest with it without incurring brokerage fees? If the company offers a dividend reinvestment plan, then all you have to do is to nominate with the share registry to have your dividends reinvested mm. and that's that's not hard that's just contacting the share registry and, and nominating for that to occur if it's offered by the company yeah if it isn't offered by the company then you'll have a nominated bank account that the dividends will be paid into in terms of i mean i, I, I will say one thing though in terms of 
if, if people are curious about what they need to keep for tax purposes, the best thing to do is keep your trade confirmations or your contract notes and also provide your accountant with, a, say, your bank statement for the year and that should be sufficient. And your dividends, any dividend uh, yeah, records, yeah. That's exactly right. And not, a lot of that's not hard to put together. You can get a lot of information online, you know, share registry, you know, you, if you've got an online broking account or if you need your broker like us to to provide that kind of information, that's not, not difficult at all. So the other question we've got from uh, Jing is about capital raisings. Um, what do they mean for the everyday investor? Because we're actually going into a time now where a lot of companies are doing a lot of capital raisings. What does it mean if you already hold shares in that company? And what does it mean if you don't already hold shares, but we're thinking of buying that stock for a capital raising? Well, generally when there's a capital raising, there's a few ways companies can go about doing it. They can do it either via an institutional placement. So that's where retail investors won't get a look. It's only the big institutional investors are going to get a, a bite of that cherry. Correct. It? Yeah. That's where you know the company wants to, you know, XYZ wants to raise $200 million via institutional placement. So they, they basically do that issue stock, raise capital, done. Um, usually it's either it's offered to existing shareholders or it's um, done via institutional placement. It's for bolstering their capital, isn't it? It's for making their uh, balance sheet stronger, isn't it? Correct. If you go back to the simplest reason why there is a stock market, well, there's two reasons why there's a stock market. One, for people to invest their money. Two, for companies to raise capital. That's essentially what it's about. So, and obviously, you know, you're an investor, then you're privy to the good times and the bad times of that particular company. Sometimes it can be good and then sometimes it can be terrible. That's why companies raise money is so they can bolster their balance sheets and they can use that capital as, you know, to, to keep the, the business moving or to do acquisitions or whatever the company sees fit. But isn't there a negative aspect to that in that um, once they've raised the capital, they're doing it by issuing more shares and that means the value of each share is reduced? Is that correct? Well, it depends on the company. I mean, if you're talking like, uh, if you're talking a top 200 company, then yes, but not as bad as if it's a, you know, a small cap where there's 500 million shares on issue, then they go and raise another 10 million shares. And now there's 700 million shares on issue, you know, it becomes like confetti. <laughs> so, the, the value of each yeah. individual share is reduced because that's um, just the number of shares. Yeah, it gets diluted. Yeah, it's just the market capitalization divided by the number of shares, isn't it? Shares on issue, mm-hmm. correct. Yeah. It just, it just depends on, on how much they're rising and how much script or stock's going to get issued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you tend to see that heavy dilution happen more at the, the smaller end of town. Okay, well, I think it's about time we all uh, got started on looking at what's going to happen with today's markets. <laughs> what are your thoughts about today's market? Oh, <laughs> uh, look, SPY was up 10. We did a lot of our move yesterday with US futures. We may follow through. I don't think we're going to be up 2 or 3% today because, again, we had a good move yesterday. And also, we were doing a little bit of catch-up over the Easter break. So given that the SPY is up 10, you know, I think I think – yeah, we'll, we'll we'll be up, but I don't think we're going to be up two or three percent. As I speak, S and S and P futures are off the pace a little bit right now, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, because um, at the moment we really seem to be tracking the U.S. market uh, very closely. My my again, the way I tend to operate is that I I monitor spy futures and S and P futures 
pretty much um, I have that running all day. And yeah, if you're seeing you're seeing some decent moves in the US market, we're going to follow suit generally. And you know, the interest, another interesting thing too is that you know, the Aussie dollar, Aussie US. Um, you know, the Aussie dollar is at sixty-four-four-two at the moment. It's it's had a pretty good run up over the past few days. Um, and and equity markets. So it seems to be a little bit of a disconnect there, in my, in my view. Because what usually happens if you got if you got the Aussie dollar coming off, and that will help some of the companies see that are getting offshore earnings. But during the day, um, you know, we we very my perception is that we're we move pretty closely with what's going on with US futures. So you know, if US futures were to come off between now and when the local market opens, then you would see a muted start. For us, but again, spy was up ten points. I'm not expecting for us to jump out of the gates here, um, you know, in terms of being up another hundred points or anything like that. And again, we did do a bit of catch up yesterday. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, interesting times, Evan. So um, thank you very much for uh, joining me today and um, having a chat about this. No problem, Phil. Thanks very much for having me. Shares for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not Shares for Beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. Thanks to Christopher Soulos for music production with that special Greekalicious flavour. Remember, music always flows, even when the money won't. 